welcome to From the Rookery End, outside Vicarage Road, after Watford. Three, we've scored three goals. Two, oh, we let in two goals uh, against Cardiff City. My name's John, with me is Mike. Who would have thought that you'd get four absolute worldies in Watford v Cardiff <laughs> on this horrendous day? Football, eh? Football. Uh, and Colin. Good afternoon. And it was a good afternoon. We are well. Let, let, let's let, let's say let, let, let's talk about the game uh, as we do every week at the beginning of the podcast. I want to focus firstly, though, Michael, yeah. uh, on the first seventy minutes. Yeah, probably just as well. <laughs> um, Colin, that 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 was those as performance Watford. It was everything we've come to know and love about this team under Harry. Yeah, exactly. And I have a bit of a theory about what's happening at the club in our fourth season at the Premier League. When you look at the clubs that have come up in recent years, along with us, I think you, if you're to survive in the Premier League when you first come out of the Championship, you have to be able to play a very, very high standard of Championship football, which I think we did uh, with Dini and Igalo. I think Bournemouth have done it. I think Burnley have done it. I think Brighton have done it and continue to do so. But at some point in your evolution as a Premier League club, if you want to not just survive, not just think every season, let's not get relegated. If you want to thrive in the Premier League, you have to start to turn yourself into a team that plays Premier League football. Now, it's not easy to define what the difference between high-level championship football and Premier League football is, but I thought we got some glimpses of it when we played Wolves away, where we were able to keep the ball against a good side, score goals, keep a clean sheet. And today, for 70 minutes, we completely outclassed a Cardiff side, which is the poorest side I think I've seen at Vicarage Road for many, many years. They were really, really poor. They didn't seem to have much appetite to win the ball. When they won the ball, they couldn't keep the ball. On the other hand, we were able to keep the ball for long periods. It was frustrating at times because you think, come on, be a bit more incisive. If you've had the ball for 10 minutes, we haven't done anything with it. But in the end, we were able to open them up and score three good goals. I know there was a thing at the end. We're not, I'm not really going to talk about that because <laughs> I don't want it to spoil my afternoon. But, but um, what, was, uh, what was great was seeing a young lad like Domingos Quino, and I know we're going to probably talk about him a bit more... Uh, later on who he got for a million quid and we all know the story about, uh, around his signing but for him to come into that midfield uh, alongside Decore and really run the game for 60 minutes uh, he just ran the game and he, and he, and he topped off a, a really good performance with a great goal as well so we've certainly got one there but it's, it's a lad like that it's a, a performance from Delafeo, which was a, a bit of a classic Jerry performance, a bit sort of, you know, two-sided. But when you've got players that really have an appetite to, to get the ball and keep the ball, like we did today, there was, a, there was a real sense that we were going to dominate possession, we were going to dominate control of the game. And, and that looked like a Premier League-style performance. At 3-0, I'm sitting there thinking, we could get another goal here, we could get a 4 0 we didn't seem to be coming out with second or third gear, which is great in the Christmas period because the last thing you want is everyone running themselves into the ground for 90 minutes and then having to get up and three days later play Chelsea. Or you know, and, and so in order to accumulate points, you have to be able to win games without without busting a gut, which is what you do when you start to play Premier League style football. And I know we, we we fell off a bit at the end and we let in two goals and all of that, but I do really want to focus on the positive, which I thought we look like a Premier League outfit and they look like a team that are really struggling to play uh, anything recognisable as Premier League football. Yeah, I mean, I've got to add my add my voice to the, the praise of Queener in the, in the middle. I mean, when he first came on against Man City, which I think was his Premier League debut, yeah. was it? And I thought, oh, blimey, he's, he's a bit cocky, isn't he? He tried to sort of do a, a step over in the middle of the park, and I think he got dispossessed. His first touch in Premier League for Watford was, was one where he got dispossessed and, and Man City went on break, and I thought, well, 
you're going to have to learn quickly. But by Jove, has he? He absolutely run the show today. He's so, and I think that that obvious confidence, that swagger he's got, is what's stood him in such good stead, and why he looks such a, a Premier League player already. And what a Premier League football team looks like is having a player like him, which, with all due respect to the Cardiff away support, most of them probably won't have heard of him. But yet he's better than anyone in their entire squad. Far too good for them. And, and Colin's absolutely right for 80 minutes really, not just 70 minutes. We were just simply too good. We, got, we know what we can get from our good players and we got it from them. And that's when, that's when Watford looked like a Premier League side, is when those players turn in the performance that they need to. This is, a tricky, this is always going to be a tricky game. Neil Warnock's sides, whichever way you slice it, are always going to be difficult. I thought, looked at the weather this morning, thought, cold, wet. Is Jerry going to fancy it? Is, is Bobby P going to fancy it? Well, you would say, did Jerry fancy it? I think he did, but he did have to wear extra clothing than anybody else. Those extra long uh, thermals he wore. And quite frankly, I do not blame him. It's absolutely, absolutely <laughs> perishing. But we got what we needed out of those guys to put us into a... a I've never seen a Watford side more comfortable. Never, ever, ever. But then again, you know, Colin has, has, has swerved the negativity. Believe you me, boys, at 3-2, I was gearing up. The <laughs> That's it. I'm never setting foot in this place again. <laughs> How on earth is criminal? I had loads of lines lined up, but there was there was another crossfield pass from Decore that got caught out, and I thought, crikey, that jolted me back into the game. Now I have to concentrate on the on the on the game. I was sort of drifting a little bit, thinking about other things. I'm off to a Christmas party tonight. I was thinking about that, and then I thought, they are as well. They're drifting, and we've got yeah. ten minutes to go. Let's see this out properly. And you know, Hoylet's gold came out came out of nowhere. It was an absolute worldie. You can't. You know, people take their, you, you buy your money and take your choice with those. Flew into the top corner, no one to blame. But then, a minute later, a bit haphazard defending, because I think there were some offsides in there. I think on match of the day tonight, there'll be a few Watford supporters saying, here we go again. But don't let that happen. There was an element of disappointment. I thought, I cannot believe we've gone from that serene, consummate, all sort of totally in, in control to having to, to scrabble to see out a corner. You know, we took a short corner and tried to shield the ball after 86 minutes, knowing that there's going to be a lot of added time. So that you, we don't want to be doing that with eight minutes to go, having been three uh, having been three and a half, five minutes ago. Ultimately, they saw it out, and they did quite quite well. I think I surprised that, that, that Deeney substitution. I would have probably taken a, taken a breath at that point and kept Troy on the pitch, because I think we lost a bit of shape, and it all went a bit sort of... <gasps> as well, everyone was the whole ground, the, man, the manager and the players were all hyperventilating a bit, and, and I would have probably taken a breath at that stage and said right Troy stay out there let's get our shape let's get our composure back and we still looked like we could nick another one at 4-1 or at 4-2 as Colin said even at 3-2 Cardiff didn't really build up a head of steam that you'd expect there were a couple of um, a couple of balls into the box which again you've got to give more credit to Ben Foster what this guy is just having a phenomenal season he comes and cleans everything out bold powerful strong takes the ball and takes whatever else is in his way so um, yeah I think ultimately we did actually see it out more comfortably than people might might, might think about and um, yeah again let's take let's take the positives over the over the legs the positive about the 3-2 the two goals conceded at the end is it is a wake up call and Harvey will be absolutely furious he will be in that dressing room he won't let them come out he'll be absolutely screaming and shouting at them how dare you go from what you what, what Mike's just said a serene 3-0 up suddenly you concede two goals against a better a team it could have been three all you, you don't know you don't know what's going to happen in this day because there's some good players in it um, but the good thing about that 
is that they won't have drifted into Monday's training going, oh yeah, look yeah, at us, you know, yeah. 3-0, yeah, we just, we're, oh yeah. We're my back, new, we're it, yeah, yeah baby, let's go. On, I've got my new boots on, you know, they'll, they'll be like, okay, yeah, we can't let that happen again. Yeah. And we haven't paid for it in terms of points, but uh, it, it, will, uh, it will certainly give them a bit of a wake-up call. The other thing I wanted to say, again, but I can't stop talking about this boy, Queener. Well, let's, 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 say, let's have a look at some of the players and the style. We've talked about him already. What's great about him? Well, I'll tell you the one thing that, 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 I've, that really stuck out for me today was that he did so much of Decore's running for him because not only does he get forward and score goals as we've seen today but he also does an awful lot of work going backwards uh, and protecting the back four he did it against Everton when he nicked the ball off Richarlison right in the box so he's got his eyes everywhere on the pitch he's looking to make sure that we don't get into trouble he's sniffing danger and when, when we get on the ball he can get forward and he can, he can start to dictate things and what that does for Decore is it takes an awful lot of pressure off him yeah. and I thought his performance today was excellent again it was back to sort of the Decore that we recognised from last season and it's not a criticism of Capu Capu is a very different player from someone like Queener but when you've got a young lad who will run that much for you it does make a lot of difference to what Decore can then do. He can relax in the centre of the park. He can use his skills at keeping the ball. He's, I don't know, he just, it was just much, a much better performance from him and I think a lot of that was down to Queener. And he's not a huffer and puffer though, is he? He works incredibly hard, but he's, he's a roller of a player, isn't he? He really, he's, he looks smooth. He's tenacious yet... Yeah, somehow it all in slow motion. You know, great to see Tom Cleverley back on on the pitch yeah, today. And, and you and tenacious is a word you described to, for, for Tom Cleverley, but he's more about snapping into challenges and and buzzing and ferreting around. And Queen just seems to do it all yeah, a bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's absolutely terrific, and he's, he's just his confidence is is brilliant. And he, and he sort of I think Cardiff was scratching the head. So who's this guy? What's he doing? Sort of like doing Cruyff turns in the middle of the pitch, spraying it left and right, popping up on the edge of the box, coming back and and putting in last ditch tackles. He looked. He almost played in a couple of beautiful balls as well, and he was and he was cross with himself, but he didn't let his you know. For example, Richarlison last year, what we'd see a few missed chances, and I was watching Watford v Leicester in the week, a little treat from uh, when Vid, uh, the playoff. Yeah. Our old our old friend Matty Vidra, when he, when things weren't going their way, the chin on the chest, and it all looked very hard. And this guy was like clapping hands, bugger, that didn't quite go to plan. Let's go and do it again. So. Really exciting, really exciting, and I do feel for any West Ham fans that were watching um, on Monday night and, and perhaps catch the highlights tonight because they'll be thinking, what on earth was our board doing letting him go for, for, for relative buttons? But I think having cleverly back in that midfield, I think that's where perhaps we've, we've struggled in past seasons and where we've just fallen off completely. Either we haven't been combative enough, we haven't been creative enough, and now you think, well, actually, Pereira still, you know, is still looking good, he's looking dangerous, and I think that's why Delefeo came back in today instead of um, Isaac's success because I thought I think Javi thought that the Cardiff defenders would be worried about him and after what 15 minutes that was that, that was borne out wasn't it as he danced through and slotted home they were they were petrified to make a challenge and I think that's what what Gracia was looking looking to do but yeah I think that midfield now with with Cleverly back um, I think we feel we feel strong we feel creative we feel combative uh, and I think that is going to be the difference hopefully between you know we're standing here last home game before Christmas Last three years, we said, oh, don't let it happen again, don't let it happen again. I had a bit of a mini rant on Monday night after the Everton game saying, well, they are doing it again. And most people quite rightly said, well, look, if we beat Cardiff, we're probably really on track for this season, we're doing all right. Um, so I walk away from here. You know, I think there's still things to work on. And I think, I think Colin's point is a great one. And going into, into trading on Sunday, Monday, whenever it is, they'll need, they'll be read the right act, I think. This should have been 4-0, not 3-2. Um, but I think they're still there, they're still battling. And the one thing I do maintain, although I have been critical over the last week, is there's the bottle and the spirit is there. Yeah. And that flame is still burning. And as long as that's burning underneath them, they've got that little fire underneath them, 
Um, I think they work for each other. I think they work for, for Javi and I think they work for this football club. Yeah. Uh, and as long as that's there, I think this, uh, this could turn into a good season. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans. for Watford fans from the rookery end. You talk about the, the Jerry goal, um, you know, just dancing his way through, really quite unchallenged in many ways, uh, but he got the ball in the back of the net, uh, which is something that he needed to do. He's been a bit too... Uh, he set up the second, he set up the yeah. second as well. Yeah. So. And, the, and the second goal uh, was, uh, well, almost just, well, Jose at his best in a little sort of curling his foot around that ball to, you know, within millimetres on the inside of the post. Uh, and also the, the, the goal from Quina. Apparently, you know, we learned about what he's like in midfield. He can't score a goal inside the box. It's, it's against his rules. But, yeah, Jose's goal was, was just when Jose's at his best. Again, you, you always know what you're going to get with Jose. And I think it goes back to this, uh, this team spirit thing that uh, Mike was just talking about. I think when you sign up... This is the first time since we've been in the Premier League we've got a manager who's, been, who's signed a new contract. And, what, and although we might worry about that because... The sort of the constant change has been good for us as a club. I think now with Javi, when the players know that this this man is going to be here next season, he's not going to tail off because he's going off somewhere else in the summer. They know he's going to be here. They're going to want to play for him. They obviously like playing for him. And the other thing I've noticed in the part, it, really all season, apart from perhaps the Bournemouth game, and maybe you could include Leicester away, is that the, even though the results have been as inconsistent as they always are, their performances have been very consistent. And again today, there's a, there is a real sense of togetherness. Even the substitutes when they came on, they seem to come into the same game at the same level with the same amount of energy as the players who've gone off. So when Akaka comes on, he's hardly played. He's, he's on it. He's keeping the ball. Right, let's get it in the corner. No, you're not having it. Isaac comes on, the same thing. So there is, there's a lot of... Uh, I, I don't... I mean, we all feel nervous about second half of the season. We haven't had a good one yet. Yeah. But uh, I think with the, with, the, with the manager signed up, with the group of players we've got, with the competition for places, I mean, you talk about Chalabar, you talk about Etienne Capou, do you bring Capou back in against West Ham or do you let the kid play? Well, what would you do? Yeah, you, we have got Quina, Capou, uh, Cleverly, you know, maybe not you know, starting straight away because he's, he's coming back. Decore's playing well, is it? Do you, do you drop Ken just to give you that, that a, a three in midfield? And then put, I, and put Delefeu out wide? I mean, Ken... I felt, bit, I felt a bit sorry for Ken. I mean, he was playing on the, he's playing as an inverted winger. He's a left-footed player playing on the right wing. And he is the most left-footed player I think I've seen in years. He can't, literally can't do anything with his right foot at all, which does rather help the full-backs and the, and the, and the, 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 the wide midfielders to, to sort of nullify him. And he did look a little bit like, really, am I out here? He's, he was the only square peg in a, in a round hole, I thought. And he is, he is a decent player, and, he's, and I'm glad we've got him. But I, I, I'm not sure. I, with regard to Capu and Quina, you let the, I would let the kid play against his old club and say, yeah. you see, you see, you see what you let go? Yeah, Why didn't yeah, yeah. you play me? You spent 100 million quid in the summer at West Ham on players, most of whom haven't played or haven't played well, and Wilshire and all these other players. And there was the kid, they, they had him right there. And they could have said, you're our future. You're going to play in that central midfield berth. You're going, we're going to build something around you with young players. But no, we're not going to do that. We spent 100 million quid. He goes and parks his car in the Watford car park, gets signed for a million quid. And he's going, he's going, you know, if, if he carries on developing the way that we've seen from the EFL games against Reading and Spurs to today, you know, we've got a player on our hands. And I, I, I personally would say, go on then, go and show them, show them what they've lost. Yeah, I mean, the great thing is with West Ham, the great open spaces of the London Stadium, I think either Capoue or Queenie is, is going to do a good job, you hope. It'd be interesting to see how Capoue does come back, when he does come back, whether he's re renewed, reinvigorated, or whether it might actually be worth giving him a spell, say, right, you can, 
yeah, you take yeah, to, he takes Christmas off anyway. <laughs> so so maybe um, maybe well, let the sun come back. Yeah, exactly. But it, I think it goes back to that midfield, that embarrassment of riches we do have in midfield. They all need to keep performing at that level. Um, but yeah, I think we go to West Ham now with um, with a bit more confidence, don't we? we it's hard to hard to describe Everton as a knockback because you know the next morning I was still feeling like oh, we lost, didn't we? Oh, no, we didn't. It was a draw. It was that that real kick in the guts after a magnificent second half performance, and that was a performance like uh, earlier on in the season. So yeah, I think we go to go to West Ham in the spring and now step, and I wouldn't bet against us winning. So I certainly wouldn't put any money on West Ham. One of the things that just pick out what Mike has said is about having to play for their place. You know, Javi had no compunction about dropping Delefeu, dropped him for two games, brought him on as a sub, came on and did some quite good stuff as, a, as, a, as an impact substitution in the second half. Today he gets his place back because he'd done well. And I think that Javi hasn't got an 11 in his head that is a bit like Kike used to have, like, oh, that's my 11, and yeah. you know, that's who we are. He seems to be constantly encouraging the players to go, go on, if you fight and you and you get in the team and you play well, you keep the shirt. Queener kept the shirt today after his performance against Everton. Some coaches have said, all right, well, that's well done, 19-year-old boy. Now you sit back down and we let the big boys play. But no, he says, go on then. And he's done well again, so hopefully he'll keep the shirt. And I think that creates a really, really good uh, kind of competitive but positive attitude uh, within the squad. And hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll see the, the benefit of that. Mike's name is Parkin, his son called Arlo, and this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson, Arlo. Arlo, I think everyone needs to know, how are you doing? Are you feeling better? Yes. Good boy, glad to hear it. Now, what happens in a week's time? Who's coming to visit? Santa Claus. So what we want to know is which Watford player is on Santa Claus's good list and bad list. We'll start with the naughty boy first. <laughs> Jose Holabas. Jose Holabas. I think that's pretty. Why is that? He just he's just a bit naughty. Yeah. And who's on who's on the good boy list? How many can I choose? Well, as many as you want. Foster, Deeney, Gray, Hughes, and Elephant. So they're all going to have good Christmases. Good stuff. Well, thanks for joining us and happy Christmas to you, Arlo. <gasps> bye bye. On Wednesday night, we headed up to Shindish Manor for a special evening uh, put on by Watford Football Club to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Watford winning the playoff final that got us promoted to the Premier League, or the Premiership, I think it was back then. Uh, it was a great night with uh, all of the players who played a part uh, in that Wembley final. On a very hot, sunny day in May, uh, they came from all over the world. Uh, Dan Basie, the furthest from New Zealand, uh, but also many of the players who were uh, around the squad that season, including Nigel Gibbs. Ronnie Rosenthal and Gifton Noel Williams. It was a great evening and afterwards in the foyer, Mike, Colin and I had a quick chat about our thoughts on the evening. Mike, how are your feelings about the event uh, at, at the end of it? Looking back, 20 years. Any excuse to look back on Watford winning at Wembley has to be applauded and it does take me back to, you know, I was a youngster in those days. There's a picture of me at home on my mantelpiece with my brother and sister, my mum and my dad. There's a big, and my cousins. And I was there with my curtains and a can of carling at 11 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. The whole day was absolutely perfect. It had booze, it had sunshine, it had Wembley, it had colour, and it had that Watford win. And, and just to relive it through the eyes of the guys that were actually there tonight and get that extra sort of texture, that extra understanding of what that day involved and what it entailed was... It's magical, another one of those really sort of 
money can't buy experiences really it's brilliant brilliant 18 of the players uh, from that squad were here uh, and the 13 uh, who were part of that Wembley squad were all here uh, any players in particular for you Colin uh, you yeah, know the, the yeah, you probably had some in your mind who you're looking forward to seeing and hearing from, but any sort of standout that you weren't expecting to hear much from? Well, I, I suppose the ones that we haven't heard from at Tales from Rookery's Live, for instance, uh, it was so great to see Gifton Noel Williams, who was a player that I absolutely loved as a young player, came through the ranks and got into the team, and then very sadly his career was sort of curtailed by various injuries. But, um, and also Michael Hyde. And what really struck me, not only from the young players that were in that squad, but also from the older players, was just how much they revered Graham Taylor. And I know that we've talked a lot about Graham Taylor over the past uh, year and a bit, but uh, it was really cemented in my mind tonight by how much the, uh, their lives have been moulded, if you like, and their, and their future lives from that period 20 years ago have been affected by the things and the lessons uh, that he taught them. Uh, about hard work and discipline and camaraderie and togetherness and all of those things that, that lead mostly lead to being successful in life. So it was fantastic to hear that. Also with Rita in the room, I think it was, it was very moving for the players to have her there because obviously she was a much greater part of what was going on. I mean, one of the players referred to her as part of the, yeah. you know, part of the, part of the staff, part of the training, the training team. And um, so I found that very moving. And I, I found the young players, and Michael Hyde got very emotional at one point because he was talking about Graham Taylor, but also talking about how he'd come into the side as a young player and how he was sort of the, and they were all putting their arms around him while he was talking and he was, was getting emotional because he had, he had older players there. And the other player that really stood out for me was Alan Hazan because he came from, he was playing in Turkey, I believe, at the time. He came to Watford and it's like, what am I doing in another country playing in this crazy league with these crazy people? And yet somehow he, he just loved it. And he said, it, he said that it was the, one of the high points of his career. And I thought that for me, the abiding memory of this evening is that for so many of those players that day was the pinnacle of their career as footballers. Lots of them uh, had long-term injuries and had to retire. Some of them were quite, el- you know, quite old as footballers, and so their, their careers sort of tailed off after that. Only really Robbo went on and had a long career in the Premier League, as far as I can make it. So it was just a really, it was a really big moment for all of those players that we saw tonight. It wasn't a transitory moment, uh, a moment at the beginning of the careers. It was, it was, a, it was a fantastically important moment in all of their lives, and they really delivered that for us as fans and made us understand how special it was for them. Uh, and that matched how special it was for us as fans. So, yeah, it was a terrific evening. Yeah, there's a moment, I think, well, there's a feeling as a, as a fan that we always have this, well, it could happen again for us. We could go back to Wembley and have similar or the very same feelings, be it an FA Cup or uh, another promotion if we ever get relegated, which won't, of course, happen. Of course. Um, but the, there was uh, some other characters uh, who weren't players uh, that we, we heard from, particularly... One pink shirt man, Kieran Cosgrove. And I think that's, it's, it's important to realise that this is more than just about 11 players. And everything fell into place for that period of time, didn't it? There was, you could take it back to the sendings off again. It was Tranmere, wasn't yeah. it, when we, had, we ended up with nine men. And that, bizarrely, was the, was the kickstart to this incredible run to the, to the Premier League. And uh, Kieran Cosgrove, the pink shirt man, as he's known to most people, um, had some incredible stories to tell tonight. And 
If you're going to succeed as a as a sporting outfit, as a as a um, elite footballing team, you need everything to fall into into. You need the dominoes to fall. You need the dice to fall in your favour. And he was just one of those amazing parts that that luckily Graham Taylor, you know, he said tonight he, his experience with Gaelic football, I think, yeah. basketball and hurling. He knew nothing about football, but yet Graham Taylor knew that he could bring something into the fold. He knew that he could um, add something to to, to Watford Football Club. It paid off. It might have resulted in us losing those last seven games, but he, look, it was just one of those perfect footballing moments, perfect sporting moments, perfect stories, full stop. doesn't need to be sport, and it just all worked well for Watford. It worked well for us, and it was just amazing to hear all the different components of that, sto- that, of that story tonight. I love the attention to detail as well. So Bolton turned up in tracksuits, Watford turned up in suits. Watford do things right. Watford did things right and we still do them right today and it's, it's great to get those reminded. It doesn't just happen. We, we often say we're lucky as Watford supporters to have experienced everything we've done. We're lucky to have had the people involved. What's happened to Watford Football Club, it hasn't happened by accident. It's happened because of those people and I think nights like this celebrate those people and I think it's important, hugely rewarding, hugely emotional as well. I think that's probably the hashtag emotional. Um, hugely emotional. Yeah, you know, the guys were really reliving it up there it was, and it was great to, great to see that because it shows that they care as much as we do as well. So, lucky as supporters but... Lucky, lucky to have had proper football sporting people in charge of our football club. People who care about Watford still to this day, 20 years on. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat, but the Watford team seem quite fit, uh, and no weight is being put on at this time of year. We've got West Ham, Chelsea, Newcastle, Newcastle Bournemouth, between the 22nd and the 2nd of yeah. January. We talked about the Everton game being a draw, but positive coming out of it. We've got a win now. Yeah, and going into this, we seem to have a squad. We seem to have the ability to, to rotate players that are thirsty, players that can easily come into our squad. So there's nothing to worry about, is there, Mike, about so many games in such a short period of time? This is Watford Football Club. There's almost something to worry about. We've almost just pitted away a 3-0 win and we win against us. I'd almost forgotten about Neil Warnock until I saw him down there. I thought, I cannot face that man if we throw this away. So there's always something to worry about. But, look, there isn't, really. I mean, we've, we've fallen into this trap before. You know, what are we, 20, half and a half an hour after the final whistle? Everyone's buoyant. Christmas, Colin can taste his evening's beer already. Um, so... And we're very, very positive. But we, are, we have come out of a, a, a pretty bad run of, of results, if not performances, because Colin is right, and the performances have been excellent in the main, but Bournemouth and, and perhaps Leicester aside. We just haven't got them over the line. So if we turn in good performances in these next four league games, so West Ham, I don't think there's anything to fear there. They can obviously turn up on their day, and uh, any Premier League team can, but the pressure will be on them. We've got ballers in this side, Delafeu, uh, Pereira will relish the opportunity to, to take, on, well, take on West Ham. Chelsea at home, who knows? You know, Wolves turn them over. It's going to be a weird atmosphere, isn't it? A sort of evening kickoff on Boxing Day. Can't quite work out if that's yeah. a good thing or a bad thing. Um, so who knows? But we can probably strike a line through Chelsea. And you're looking at West Ham away, Newcastle home, and Bournemouth away. Okay, so Newcastle at home. You know, there's a little bit of us nagging in the back of our mind. Lost the way there. Shouldn't have really lost the way there. Maybe we just didn't take our chances. What's the atmosphere going to be like on the 29th? We've all had. We're all waiting for New Year's. We've had Christmas. 
Well, I think it depends on the, on, on the results. I, I, I agree with Mark. I think there's nothing to fear. I think what we've become, or what we are becoming, in this winter period, they look at the fiction, they go, Watford, oh, we don't want to play them. Because on their day, they're obdurate and physical, or they're really skillful and move the ball well. We can't really defend very well. That is, that is our Achilles heel. We don't keep clean sheets. We just never really look like keeping clean sheets. They had a, a, a chance in the first half, Cardiff, where the ball came across from Hoylet and there was a sort of open header at the back post. He missed it, but, you know, we, we are a little bit vulnerable there. But in terms of our strengths going forward and our, and our commitment uh, to the match that we're playing in, I don't think people really relish playing us. And Javi has built his success as a coach at this club with the performances at home. Our home record since he's arrived uh, is pretty incredible. Yeah. And, and I think that, that that means that when Newcastle come here, that they, they, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough outing uh, in a way that some other teams, you don't feel that about going to sort of mid-table clubs. So I, I think we've got a good chance against West Ham. I, I fancy us against Chelsea. They don't seem to like playing against us. And if they play with Luis, Dini always does a number on him. So I, I do think that that is quite a good opportunity for us to get some points against the top six side. We need to get points against top six sides. Yeah. I hate this phrase, it's a free hit. Oh, it's a free hit for them. They're playing City. Oh, they're playing... It's a free hit. It's not a free hit. Last season, we got eight points out of 12 games against the top six. All here, two wins, two draws. So far this season, we've got three points. And we play the sixth of the top six on Boxing Day. And we've only got three points from them. We need to get points from the top six. If you don't get any points from the top six in those 12 games, you're playing a 26-game uh, season in which you've got to get 40 points. It's really, really hard. So you have to try and work out how you can pick up the odd point. Now, we've got eight last season. It would be good if we could get ten this season. By the way, when you say about getting points against the top six and it shouldn't be a free hit, can I just say it is still a free hit against Man City? Everybody else, but they're just like... Well, it nearly was wasn't, though, was it? It nearly well. wasn't. And, and you could argue that Chelsea beat them in exactly the same way that we could have drawn against them. They had the, they had the ball for 80% of the time, but nevertheless, they lost to Chelsea. And, and against us, they had, as he said, Pep, they had to suffer for 10 minutes at the end of that game after Decore bundled the ball in. So maybe you're right about City. They seem to be on yeah. another planet. But, and Liverpool maybe too. But at home, we've got to pick up those points. And, and I think that Chelsea is a good game for us. I think Bournemouth away is always going to be an exciting home because it's a little bit of, there's a bit of it need, yeah. a little bit of rivalry. But we are equally, we own Newcastle for yeah. the defeat. Well, we own both. We own them both. I think, we're, I think without a shadow of a doubt, we're a better, better side than Newcastle, a better footballing team than Newcastle. There's more talent in, in our building than there is in there will be at home and, and they'll want to get their own back and again Bournemouth you know it's toss of a coin anything can happen and it usually does there's going to be a sending off in the first minute a penalty in the 90th we all know but we, we owe them one and, they, and I think the Watford players we've talked about this we've talked about the strength in the squad we've talked about them all playing for their places they won't want to go and get turned over by Eddie Howe and his band of charlatans <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas everyone yeah. <laughs> very Merry Christmas uh, thank you actually for listening to uh, From the Rick Rent um, uh, and again thank you again we saw sort of loads you down at the uh, the event at Shendish Manor. You came and said uh, congratulations for winning the award the other week. Um, it was great, and you heard our sort of reaction earlier. Earlier on, Colin just run off, Mike. But um, but thank you very much for yourself. Oh, not at all. It's a pleasure as always. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back uh, next weekend. We're not going to do a podcast after every single game over Christmas because well, it's Christmas and there's place place to go and people to see and beer to drink uh, and turkey to eat. So uh, we'll be uh, doing podcasts regularly over the time, and hopefully also uh, we'll be releasing our interview with Anne Swanson, which we did last summer. Uh, also, this week, Colin uh, will be recording a brand new mini-series for Hornet Heaven. Uh, that's going to start on the 22nd of uh, December for four days in a row. Uh, so make sure you download that. But we'll be back next weekend once Watford have made the trip. 
to the beautiful and wonderful Olympic Stadium uh, where we will be facing the Hammers. Come on, you ones.